over. I'm hearing Poles, Germans, Brits, all drawing parallels to the Second World War and the invasion of Ukraine by Russia's Vladimir Putin. Never more, never more, but it's a repeat in Ukraine, behind our border. I'm terrified. A tour guide of 45 years at Auschwitz, comparing Putin to Hitler. She's Polish, but it took her relatives three days to make it from the capital of Ukraine to the border. She waited eight hours before picking them up and taking them to shelter yesterday. Emotions running high, especially for mothers and wives guiding their children across, leaving behind the men to fight, or the parents who couldn't leave, leading their 11-year-old to the border, pointing the child to Poland through the pine forest, weeping, crying, telling their child to just keep walking straight until you reach somebody. Ask for help. For Christians, either side of any border, we are children of the King. Jesus still reigns. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus, and we're broadcasting from Krakow, Poland, close to the Ukrainian border. Yesterday, Team members with Mission Eurasia came under shelling in a civilian suburb of Kiev. More women and children continue to stream across the border as men 18 to 60 stay behind to fight. But even women who stayed behind, grandmothers, are busy making Molotov cocktails. Russia accused of breaking ceasefires so civilians could safely leave cities. Yesterday, an interesting wrinkle reported by the British news service Reuters. Russia offered safe passage to civilians, but only safe passage to Russia or partner Belarus. The last place Ukrainians want to go to is Russia. We're calling this program Christ Reigns. And may we learn that in a new way, in a new light, in a time like this. I'm going to tell you how you can make a difference soon. But first, listen to a description I gave from the border, and then a woman who had just come from the other side to Poland with her children and their pet dog. So here we are a little closer to the relief supplies being provided right now. People uh, from all over Western Europe are just sending supplies. There's only so much that can be used, but here boxes of uh, pampers, uh, diapers, uh, a box of fresh apples. Uh, and then just beyond me, the tent where they're actually serving hot Polish hot dogs and this is not Chicago this is right on the border with Ukraine where people get, get a hot meal uh, a cup of tea uh, a coffee and it's all for free uh, just people from all over Western Europe have just been sending in uh, at a gas station earlier today uh, one man was just bringing water over here for people at the border who haven't had anything to drink for uh, two or three days on the other side of the border. Um, this is people helping people, and of course, we are also talking about Christians helping Christians, and we've got a bigger goal than just the belly. Yes, the stomach needs to be fed, but the soul needs to be fed as well, and that's why we're happy to be here with Sergei and Mission Eurasia. You've come a long way. How hard was it to get where you are right now in Poland? 
Praise God, it was a little uh, tough uh, physically. Uh, we had some challenges, but praise God, we were not bombed, and we did not go through any uh, actual war activity, uh, you know, along the way from uh, where we were. Tell me how, as a follower of Jesus Christ, uh, how are you coping with this? I think, you know, God is in control. We cannot explain all. God has his own plan. But I think, you know, as I see sometimes, in order that people will repent and get drawn to him, sometimes he can uh, even let go war go war, wars going like this one. Even today, we're coming to you from Poland, right on the Ukrainian border. I'm Charles Morris. One thing we've been hearing from listeners, thanking us for giving a good way to send immediate help. We're working with Mission Eurasia, which works with hundreds of churches in the region. They're out of Wheaton, Illinois, and churches are the best conduit to get help on the ground quickly. Every $50 you sent will feed a family of five for a week, not a dime for Haven. What do you give for Ukraine goes to Ukraine Relief through Mission Eurasia. We'll ask when you call or go to our website, how much for Ukraine, how much for Haven today, and we'll honor your request. Here's the phone number to call, 800-654-2836, 800-65-HAVEN, or online, we're haventoday.org, haventoday.org. Now, let's open with a new song just released this past fall in Ukraine. It was written by two seminary graduates. It won a national award for best worship song before the invasion. The opening lyrics say, He is the one who lifts up and surrounds with peace. His love is great. I will hold on to him. Його любов велика, до нього пригорнусь. Коли на серці важко, він камінь забирає, ніжно обіймає, освятив Ісус. Співатиму, 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 воскресному
lyrics in Ukrainian. Let me share some of them in English. His hand is with me. He's near, here, I know. I feel in my heart. I pray to him. He warms with love and wipes away tears. Loyal friend forever. His name is Jesus. I will sing. I will sing. I will sing to the risen King. And that's what we're doing on this haven today. Called Christ Reigns. Worshiping our King because we know He is sovereign and He's in control and He is good. I'm Charles Morris. We've been on the ground in Poland since late Friday night, first in Warsaw, now Krakow. And even in these few days, I've seen and heard things that I'll never be able to forget. And some of them I will probably want to forget. Seeing refugees streaming into Poland from Ukraine. A million and a half have left the country so far. A million just here in Poland. Millions more on their way. I can say I've never seen anything like this. And once you see it, you realize the only thing you can do is pray. But we need to pray boldly. And that's what I've been doing. And our team that's with me, won't you join me? As the war was just beginning... Yaakov Dov Blesh, the chief rabbi in Kiev, invited all Jews and the Christians and every Ukrainian who didn't even believe in the Bible to read Psalm 31 and pray it. And you know, that's a wonderful passage to start with when we're thinking about praying boldly. After all, it's an inspired prayer. Thousands of years ago, the Holy Spirit moved King David to write it. Maybe you have the same problem I do. Sometimes I read something in the Bible, especially the Psalms, and I think I can't talk to God like that. I can't be that honest and direct and bold with my creator and the sustainer of the entire universe. But maybe, just maybe, we've lost something when we start to think like that. Maybe we've decided that we are more holy than God, and that's a terrible thing, isn't it? But God tells us to pray boldly to him, and we need to listen. After all, who better to teach us how to pray boldly to God than God himself? So, listen to the first couple of verses of Psalm 31. In you, Lord, I have taken refuge. Let me never be put to shame. Deliver me in your righteousness. Turn your ear to me. Come quickly to my rescue. Be my rock of refuge, a strong fortress to save me. I think we've all probably prayed prayers like that. I certainly have. But very few of us have been in the same sort of situation that David was in when he wrote it. Now, he doesn't tell us exactly when or where he wrote it. That isn't in the Bible. But you and I can put together the clues. He was in trouble. He asked God to be his refuge, and he used war language. David must have been dealing with some sort of war or battle. It could have been the Philistines, or maybe his son Absalom. We're not sure, but we do know that in his time of need, as the sounds and the sights of war were raging all around him, David turned to the Lord in prayer. So let me ask you a question. Did you ever, in your wildest imagination, think we would ever see another war like this in Europe? Did you imagine 
We would see another army roll in with tanks and rifles and planes and missiles. Well, I didn't. The last big war here ended in 1945. I wasn't born then, and most of our listeners weren't born then yet, but here we are, just the same. Just like that tour guide was telling me at Auschwitz, the German concentration camp, where the most people were killed in a death camp of the entire World War II, and it's just outside the city where I am right now, where the most refugees are coming in from Ukraine. How many people in Ukraine right now? are in the same position David was. Millions. Millions. It makes you feel helpless, doesn't it? No matter what we do, you and I can't make this war end. We can't send the Russian soldiers packing, send them back home ourselves. But we can pray, and we can pray boldly. Not the little prayers we're used to, blessings over dinner, asking God to heal us from our head cold. I don't mean to say that those prayers are not important, but now we're talking about something far greater than most of us have experienced in our lives. And the Bible gives us example after example of God's people praying boldly. You know, I wonder if this is a human thing or a modern thing. Let me explain. If it's a human thing, then maybe it's a symptom of our sinfulness. Maybe we don't think that this great God we worship is really as trustworthy as he says he is. And if it's a modern thing, then maybe we are so surrounded by people who don't think prayer works that we've become a little sheepish about praying boldly. The more I think about it, the more I'm convinced it's a little of both. We're sinful humans, so we aren't sure we can really trust our Lord. And we're modern people, so we aren't completely sure that God will answer big prayers. But what did David do? He prayed boldly, because he knew the Lord is strong enough to do something about his situation, and he's also good enough to care. So the king of Israel said these words, I hear many whispering, terror on every side. They conspire against me and plot to take my life. But I trust in you, Lord. I say, you are my God. Well, terror on every side. It's difficult to think of more fitting words for our Ukrainian brothers and sisters in Christ. Everywhere they look, there is fear, there's pain, and there's loss. But what are they to do? What refuge do they have? And where should we turn as we're confronted by these shocking images on TV screens? Well, this psalm points ahead to something wonderful. Maybe some of these verses sound familiar to you, or maybe not, but I know you'll remember verse 5. Into your hands I commit my spirit. Deliver me, Lord, my faithful God. You know, I pray that the chief rabbi in Kiev reads this psalm and remembers that Jesus said this on the cross. I pray that the Holy Spirit opens his eyes and shows him that Jesus is the Messiah, the Anointed One. That this psalm was always pointing ahead to the one who came to save his people from their sins. That is a bold prayer, that God would save a sinner like you and me. But he does it 
all the time and all over the world because he's a big God. We can't put our Lord in a box. He won't fit. The cross, the greatest injustice in the history of the world, led to the greatest blessing for millions upon millions of people. That's what God did. And it's the same God who hears our prayers today. He hears you. Everyone who has repented of his or her sins and trusted in Jesus Christ has direct access to God. The curtain in the temple, torn in two, top to bottom, maybe what we need today, is more of a realization that we can go directly to the Lord of all the universe and plead with him boldly for his help. And we can do so because we go to him as his children. And maybe, just maybe, one day, weeks, months, maybe even years from now, a generation of Christians from Ukraine will be able to say Psalm 31:21 and mean it just as literally as King David did. Praise be to the Lord, for he showed me the wonders of his love when I was in a city under siege.
Carrie Job, and on the throne here on this Haven Today, a program called Christ Reigns. I'm Charles Morris coming to you from Krakow, Poland. Well, there are over a million and a half stories of people crossing the border out of Ukraine, getting away from the Russian army that's invaded. A million just here in Poland. I asked the president of Mission Eurasia, Sergei Rakuba, what the most dramatic thing is that he has seen over the last week with this invasion of Ukraine. Seeing tens and tens of thousands of people pouring out of countries, forced out of their homes, looking for a shelter, looking for a place where they can find peace and comfort. Many of them, they realize probably they will not be you know, going back to their homes ever. And that's the most dramatic to see these little children. They hold on their, in their arms. They are praying their country back there in Ukraine will take victory against the aggressor, against enemy. But they are praying so their children will be growing in peace, will be growing you know, so that they'll have chance in their lives. So to see children that are suffering, see families suffering. So this is the most dramatic thing uh, to see, Charles. At the border, I met a man named Mike from Goshen, Indiana. But he's originally Mikela from Ukraine. So I asked him, what in the world are you doing right here on the border of Poland and Ukraine? Uh, currently, I'm meeting some people that are coming from uh, Ukraine, but in general, um, a few of our partners, uh, business partners, we uh, initiated a um, uh, warehouse in Bielsko-Biala, and um, we are collecting, buying food and uh, medicine and delivering it all the way into... We have, in Rivna, we have a <clears throat> warehouse where, uh, where we have our people, Taking uh, all these all these goods to uh, Kharkiv, Kiev, all those cities where where people are in need of food. All I can say is just bless you. Are you doing this just because you want to do a good deed, or are you doing this because you're a Christian, or what's 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 driving you? I think there's uh, not only one cause. Uh, first of all, because I I am Christian, and the second one uh, second one I'm Ukrainian, and uh, those are my brothers and sisters. How long have you been in the United States? Uh, since 2003. Do you see the hand of the Lord in what's going on here uh, at all? Big time, big time. Uh, I think um, with Ukraine, um, there's a big purpose of God. Uh, God. God is showing a lot. You know, nobody expected that Ukraine will be, uh, you know, will be standing so far. You know, it had what is it? Ten days now, uh, and it's just a miracle. It is a miracle. Okay, let me ask you a quick question because I haven't asked anybody today. What does Jesus mean to you? Um, he is my savior, and I guess he's the driver of everything you know I live for. Mike is just one of thousands on the ground right now in Poland helping those in need, but there's a way you can help him and those refugees who are in desperate need of the basics of life right now. It's the greatest crisis in Europe since World War II. We're asking you to join us to pray boldly, but then give boldly. We're wiring funds directly to Mission Eurasia, which is already on the ground, providing food and support to Ukrainian families impacted by this sudden war in its second week. Every $50 you send feeds a family of five for a week. 
How many families is the Lord calling you to feed? And remember, not a dime for Haven. We don't take out any administrative fees. What you give to Ukraine goes to Ukraine. We'll clearly ask, how much for Ukraine, how much for Haven today? Here's the phone number. Please call us right now. Give boldly after praying boldly. 800-65-HAVEN. One more time, that's 800-65-HAVEN. Or maybe if it's easier for you or easier to remember, go to our website, haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. And while you're there, check out the videos that we've been shooting on the ground in Poland. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Come back tomorrow when again together we'll share this great story. It's all we have to hang on to. And it's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Rulers, even the best rulers are sinful humans, but how often do we trust in them as if they were our saviors? If only my candidate gets elected, then things will be better. But you know, there's only one ruler who makes the ultimate difference, Jesus Christ, the King of Kings. Way back in Psalm 2, that's what the Lord said. I've installed my king on Zion, my holy mountain. Zion, the mountain and city of God. That's where Jesus was set up as king, but not in a way you would expect. He was crucified and buried on Zion, and then he rose again. Even now he's ruling in heaven. Human authorities will fail us. God's appointed king is ruling. Get started with Anchor Devotional today. Visit GetAnchor.com.